What are you drinking, Dave? Oh, I'm drinking a uh, Hop Devil from Victory. A deviled hop. Yeah, it's delicious. Not too adventurous, though. Didn't go digging deep. And how about you, Nick? I'm drinking the uh, Victory Vital IPA. I wouldn't consider it vital. <laughs> but uh, it's not bad. I think I like the Hop Devil more. I'm sipping on a lime LaCroix. A lime. LaCroix. So you go with the LaCroix, not LaCroix? LaCroix. LaCroix. I'm American. I say LaCroix. Croix. Which I've been informed recently this is referred to as vegan beer. <laughs> so, Electron. 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 Ooh. Yeah, I think it's a good place to start. Uh, good cop, bad cop. I mean, there's, there's a, they're coming in from two different, starkly different angles. How do you want? How do we want to approach this? Well, I'd say first the hands-on. Both you and Nick. Yeah. Have yeah. the digi tax. Digi tax. Which we've talked about. I think it was in the last episode a bit because it was just yeah. you know, kind of announced around that point. It's a twinkle in our eyes. Now Damn. you guys have hands-on experience. Yes. And Nick, you even performed with it already. Mm-hmm. So thoughts, opinions, feedback, criticisms. What do we got? A lot of criticisms. A lot of positives, though. Um, I still want it to be stereo, but it's not. It is what it is. Um, worked out well live, especially with the latest OS. It seems pretty stable because for a while it seemed like they were getting it, getting it under control still, which I get it. You've got to like release a product. Um, Honestly, if I knew that the rhythm to bleed into that, if I knew the rhythm Mark II was coming out, I still wanted the MIDI sequencing. And once I found out the trigger conditions work on the MIDI, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because that would be awesome. It'll mm-hmm. be nice and compact live." But uh, knowing the sampling was on the rhythm Mark II might have like pushed me away from that a little. Knowing like, "Oh, I can sample on that." That was another like big reason the Digitech because it's like super easy to get like drum samples on it. So. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that was intentional. Like yeah, this, oh yeah. I think that's yeah. why they kept all the Mark II stuff under wraps tightly until the Digitac was actually out Absolutely. and being sold. But, uh, I mean, it's smart marketing, I guess. But, yeah, there's some weird spill over there. Now, you yeah. say it's not stereo. Does it not have effects built in at oh, all? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, it's stereo out. The sample engine's all mono. Mm-hmm. So if you, the reverb and delay, same which is all rhythm. you get. Same as the rhythm. Yeah. yeah, you get the stereo out. Which okay. is like, it sounds good. The effects... Um, there's still like I wish that was a chorus and some of the octa track stuff on there would cooler but you know is it just this, it the same like delay reverb as the rhythm yeah, basically, basically. Okay. yeah I don't think they changed anything they made it easier you know how you have the high frequency and low frequency controls on like the delay and the reverb yep. they made it so I always forgot before on the rhythm I still do like I don't know what it's doing until I hear the sound change like mm-hmm. if I turn down the high passes that moving it up or down like I don't Maybe it's just me, but on the Digitact, it's like a picture. So now it's just like, oh, I'm cutting off the highs, and I know I'm doing that. So that's kind of cool. I'll be curious to see what they do for the displays on the Mark II. I kind of hope they redo them to make it like the Digitact because it's no LED and bigger. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just upscaled it to be like it's bigger now and on a bigger screen, same old UI. Yeah, I, f- I feel like <clears throat> the Mark II's... If you're an owner of a Mark One, I, I don't think there's a, too much incentive to get the Mark Twos yeah. of any of them. You know, I guess if people don't know, there's they announced the Mark II version of the Octatrack finally, the Rhythm, which is odd because it's a pretty recent machine, mm-hmm. and the Analog Four. But I guess if you're like coming into it fresh, you're about to embark on one of these machines for the first time. It makes sense to wait for the Mark II. 
because they are in all ways better machines, but it's hopefully marginal differences. I yeah, think, you know, it's, it's they're just, probably <clears throat> they were running out of some parts, and they're like, "What can we do to refresh this and accommodate for a new screen?" Because they probably ran out of the old ones, and they wanted to fix something. So it's like it's cool that they did it, but it's not the Octatrack one, especially, is like a little disappointing mm-hmm. um, in comparison to what it could be with some extra stuff like Overbridge or something i mean i really premium want the rhythm overridge. yeah premium overridge, <laughs> which i kind of like like some people were like oh i don't like that they're charging money for it now but that also means like would you be happier if they just rolled it into the overall price and you were paying yeah. for it without ever knowing like i don't know i don't need the audio stuff from overbridge and the basic is free yeah the basic one's free and that just gives you the sound library right. transfer which big critis- criticism of the digitact um please add the ability to export my work because it's freaking me out a little and I want to back it up. Everything is kind of trapped in there. Yeah. They don't have the saving functionality, which that's cool that they stabilized it, but that should be the next thing is like, I really want to back my work up. That is one thing that I enjoyed about the, uh, the pioneer Taraz SP one. You can bounce everything out projects, samples, anything that's on there. You can bounce out to different ways. You can even just export it to a, USB uh, drive that you can plug right into the machine. I was really looking forward to an Ocatrack Mark II, but I, I don't see any reason to get one at this time. You know, I'm still pretty content with the Taraz. And yeah, I feel like that's so close to what it should be in yeah. some ways. I feel like if I was going to get an Ocatrack, I would just get a used Mark One at this point mm-hmm. and save a dollar, you know, or a Digitact and make do with that. Yeah. Like, that's the thing with the rhythm. Like, the floor fell out of the market. So now they're like going for 800 bucks, which is half of what they cost. And now it's like, you gotta, so you're gonna pay twice as much to get the new one? Like, mm. I don't know. And there's a lot of competition right now. I mean, mm. beyond like the Pioneer shit, there's all the new uh, NPC stuff that's coming out, you know, at the same time. And I feel like it's too late, you know what I mean? Yeah, for a Mark yeah. II Octatrack mm-hmm. right now. At least Agreed. with one that isn't really taking it past the, the bar. That the Mark I set, you know? It's, yeah. It's know. a pretty old machine, too. And it's for them to have spent all this time and this is the absolute most that they could add to it mm-hmm. is a little surprising i they can't believe they're not even adding like the trick conditions yeah. that are found yeah. in most of their machines now it's in the a4 it's in the digitact it's in the rhythm and here comes mark II octa and it's still running the same os without the shit that any other electron box has now it seems yeah. almost like it's considered a standard electron feature is to have these trick conditions in there I now think- we talked about this in the past but do you think that they did this on purpose to differentiate the machines so that there weren't so many common features intentionally crippling some things in order to be like, well, if you want this, you have to go with this machine. I'm saying, yeah, partially with some features, sure, you know, with functionality, but with shit that is considered like a staple now. Yeah, yeah. Like parameter locks. Like if they released a, an electron box that didn't have parameter locks, you'd be like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like the tree conditions are, have been integrated in almost every machine now, and it's considered just like part of the OS, you oh, know? Yeah. And to have right. a new machine come out and not have that in there, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's pure speculation. But I can see I them that, having like, you know, if you want stereo sampling, oh, you have to get Octo. Right. Or right. Octatrack, right, rather. Yeah. You can't find that with the Rhythm or the Digi, and, you know, things like that. Makes they don't sense. have one like just super machine no. that has absolutely every bell and whistle no, and right. costs three thousand dollars. Right? Yeah, there's no like flagship device yeah. right now with electronics. Yeah. Kind of weird. They're like terrified to touch the OS and to make any changes to it. Who knows what the code base is like? And definitely, they don't want to conflict with other stuff. But I bet you it would take them years to make like ground up, do another Octatrack with all those features, yeah. and then they would have to do it. 
they would have to do something like the ER301. They would have to do like an SDK so you could have a plug-in oh, architecture. Yeah. Like you, that's what you would need to do to really satisfy people. So someone could like make another effect or make a change to it. Like, and that's a hell of a product. That's almost like a, it's like an environment, you know. Yeah. But yeah. This, that would be awesome though. Like, cause you know, as I've had the ER301 for a couple weeks now, the way you can chain stuff and just if they had that ability in the Octrack to just chain all these things and make um, your own control over them and like have a common point control, different parameters and like attenuate that essentially, like that would be unreal. Like a little max MSP ish thing if you did it the right way. Right. I mean, the problem though is anytime you open like an SDK up to the public. Yeah there's the chance that someone's going to write something shitty or mm -hmm. problematic. And it's difficult for them to be able to say, well, we just gave people the tools to make something and they fucked it up. It's someone sits down and if and they're using one that has this on there, they're just going to go, well, this electron gear is shit. Yeah. And there's no explanation going, well, actually, no, it's because someone did something deviant by using the SDK that we gave them, by having a more closed system. I don't agree with this. I think it's it's, a, it's an artificial limitation that doesn't need to be there. But from like a sort of like business branding, yeah. it wouldn't be the first company that's done that in order to have like total death grip on how their products are perceived. But like also 90% of people won't give a fuck about that either. Right, and exactly. And just be like, oh, I just kind of... This is already too complicated. You just made it like infinitely chainable, yeah. and I'm gonna get lost on it. Like that yeah. ER301. That's taken me a while to get up to speed. Like the interface makes sense, but it's like how you chain a VCA with an envelope and yeah. like nest stuff to make sound and have it trigger the normal way. It takes like a little figuring out. Like I just last night recorded the first stuff into it, figuring out like, oh, this is how you use audio buffers and yeah. things. There's like a language to it. So there's of. a ton of stuff just out of the box. It doesn't seem like a limitation that no one's right. really made anything for it yet. And it's not like the author track is very user friendly to start. Right. No. <laughs> it was actually kind of vindicating. There was a video I saw today at Surgeon. It was at Schneider's Leyden or Schneider's Bureau walking through his live set it's like 50 minutes long it's a vimeo video and halfway through it he's like i actually don't even like this octa track but it's the <laughs> only thing that will do this looping trick right and i mm -hmm. use the headphone out to send like an audio pulse to my modular and that's what clocks everything wow. he's like i don't like this thing this is the only thing that does it and that is it's like the only thing that kind of scratches that itch for like this looper box that lets you send some midi and some sequencing and like play a sample back which sure. like, who kind of doesn't want that live you know but it's getting there is like kind of a pain in the ass <laughs> yeah i mean they didn't fix that with this new one which is disappointing right so it's not like if they were to take that route that you're talking about it's not like they would be uh turning away people being like oh this machine's too confusing now, now. it's right. confusing it's, yeah. yeah it's already there like you, yeah if you jump into an octatrack you're making a commitment mm -hmm. to yeah. learn how yeah. to navigate it and totally. do what you want to do and going back to the digitac i've only basically like screwed around with electronic stuff i've never i've never had one before this just sitting down i've maybe looked at the manual twice oh, the, everything cool. is just super intuitive <laughs> basically no point if i had a roadblock where i go all oh, this is confusing this doesn't make sense but i've been super impressed with how intuitive it is given the electron sort of reputation for mm -hmm. being sort of a uh, obtuse sort of thing to get to, to get into i feel like that reputation came along with the octatrack yeah because yeah. before oh, that, it's well deserved it's a yeah. well-deserved reputation mm -hmm. like they they even said that digitax is meant to be a throwback to the machine drum, even though I don't understand that, but that's what yeah, they said. I don't get that either. And no. the machine drum was a fairly intuitive box. Mm. You had your function key, everything was labeled. Yeah. Not too much menu diving. No, no, you're like one or two screens away from right. pretty yeah. much everything. Everything. 
but then once the Octatrack came out and the A4 and the Rhythm, things started getting way more menu-divey and more convoluted. The Octatrack is just on a level that isn't beat by anything else in their lineup. It's just like their most complex product. But like so many people use it live, so that's why they keep yeah. like still yeah. surgeons still it, use it. Blush response, like all these people. Sure. It's like if you can figure out how to do the one thing you want to do with it, that's all you need to learn. You, yeah. don't, you, you, yeah. know, you don't have to fuck with anything else. Just like, okay, I figured this much out. I'm just going to focus on that. I'm glad to hear that the Digitact is a little more intuitive because I kind of missed that, you know, yeah. The, yeah. about the machine drum and even the mono machine. Like, I'm, I'm sad to see that there aren't Mark IIs announced for those. I, I would yeah. buy a Mark II mono machine in a fucking heartbeat. Are those going for a ton now? Sorry to interrupt. I know yeah, that. yeah, they are. Whenever they announce the, you know, the price drop, Electron, mm. the the used ones plummeted, uh, price wise, mm. and there was like a three month period there where you could get a mono machine or a machine drum dirt cheap compared to what they would be new from Electron. Yeah. And then when they announced that they were being discontinued, you know, after that like three month sale period, it, the prices have skyrocketed again. It's hard to find uh, a mono machine. And if you do, it's usually a grand plus, Yeah, you know, at least that I've seen. I don't know. They might be going somewhere cheaper, but I, I like to keep an eye on them because it's yeah, something yeah. I kind of regret selling. You know what I mean? And now that now there's like there are X of them. Mm. They're not going to be anymore. Yeah, right. And as you get older, some of them are going to start failing. Some of them are going to start having problems. So yeah, that number is just going to service them either. How does that work as far as like do they have a, a like an end of life type of process for their machines? I don't know. Like soft, no, like nothing soft. that they announce to people, but they do at a certain point just say, like, we're going to stop. We're selling these and we're going to stop supporting them. I don't. I would think if you bought a new mono machine like three years ago, I would hope that they honor the warranty still. So right. I guess those are only a year, though, on all their devices, I think. But they're not even making parts? I mean, is that, basically, is it like Sintar going to have to like step up and start making Probably. the parts for those? Because <laughs> I don't think, I think half of it's the screens, too. Because people oh, used right. to sell, like, you could get green ones, and mm-hmm. people would do like aftermarket, and I think they're just impossible to find now. Screens always seem to be like the big limiting factor. If you put a screen on your device like that, yeah. you're going to be screwed down the line like ten years if it breaks. Hopefully, the tra- like stuff like the Taraz doesn't have that problem because it seems like people are going to be making full color touchscreens forever. Yeah. There's going to be at least someone. The screen out there. on that thing is amazing. Yeah, yeah like, it's nice. so nice. Makes me wonder why I don't see other manufacturers utilizing yeah. you know yeah. screens like that now it's i mean it's obviously it's it's doable did they add the but. thing to uh to dim it a little mm-hmm. okay that was my only complaint when I, the first time i saw you using it like in a dark space i was like holy shit i, I kind of keep bright. it bright but yeah you can you can dim the pads and all that stuff in oh the that's cool now, yeah yeah i think that was like the second update or something where they had oh, okay. that ability and I, I did it immediately. Like, I saw it in the patch notes, and as soon as I updated it, was the first thing I did was turn down the brightness. Did you see that um, noise engineering mixer that he's putting out that's kind of been quiet? It's like a, it's called like Xerist Pola or something like that. I, I did, but I didn't look into it. It's like a three, and it's got four knobs on it, four switches, and yeah, like four jacks, four channel. five jacks. It's got a headphone out. Uh-huh. Each channel has a potentiometer. Um, and a mute switch to the left of it, real simple, and you can um, split the output, use it as an attenuator, or some it sums all to the fourth output mixer. It's like 133 bucks nice. for like an 8 HP mixer with like mute switches. And that's like, I'm, I, I've got to get that thing. Like I'm gonna fit that into the performance case somehow. Yeah. Wait, uh, did you say 8 HP? Yeah, yeah, it's so like that's... tiny. 
That's only a little bit bigger than that goes out to, or what, what's the one with the, the mixer that has the sliders and it's four channel? Oh, the, uh, that's Circuit Abbey that does that. that yeah, yeah, they did the output one with the lit sliders. Yeah, yeah, which I always had my eye on because I was like, oh, it's so cool, but like this sounds like one less channel, but infinitely more functionality. Yeah, and it looks like it just looks so nice to use live because I had that Pittsburgh one, which I sold, um, which sounded great, but it wasn't, even at home, it was like a little too much. It felt like a little version of this like a Mackie or something and it's like uh i just i don't need that for that much space in my modular sounded good no beef with it or anything but it's just not what i want in a modular but that noise engineering one is like exactly it and it's got a headphone out on it you said you can split the out so does that Mm -hmm. mean you can send it like left or right output oh it's not stereo you can um Every input has an output too, so if you want to, you can break them out of the oh, mixing gotcha. and just okay. Is it any way there? Okay. Yeah. Is there any way to route the output to more than one output? Or is it just like one sum, or is there like A B? No, I think it's just like one okay. sum. It's all mono. That's the one downside. There's no stereo-ness <clears throat> to it. Gotcha. And also that one that's sweet, but five hundred bucks is that um, Rebel Technology Praga. Have you seen that mm-hmm. one where it's like yeah. two stereo um, aux sends and returns, like? Five channel mixer with clickless mutes. It no looks shit. awesome. And there's a, the aux knob, you twist it to the left and it's the first one. You twist it to the right and it's the second aux. And it's like really clear, like mutes at the bottom with lit switches, all clickless. It's like 500 bucks, but it looks like pretty damn sweet. I, it's I, a little simpler. That one went totally under my radar. It I just came out yeah. recently, I think. They have the kind of communist looking like face plates. Oh, yeah. They yeah. have like the. They have that one sequencer, like the Stroichia or something like that. But yeah, it looks cool, um, and it's kind of smaller than the Pittsburgh. But that's my little mixer diversion because I saw that noise engineering one a few days ago. It was like, oh shit! It kind of dropped it along with the Persido news, but kept it quiet. I guess it's coming out soon. It's like dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. You calling it Persido? Yeah, I've been, I've been calling it Perkido. I didn't know. Maybe I, I didn't know no which idea. is correct. All right. I like how we all come up with different ways to pronounce noise engineering stuff all the time. <laughs> like Surgeon I always, was like the one with the L. Yeah, in that video. Like, yeah, yeah I, like the the localic day voice says. How do you Lo-caric. say? Locaric. Locaric. Yeah. Locaric. Yeah. Should always call. We it just that. make up our own yeah. pronunciations for noise engineering <laughs> shit every time. The the Perkido Persido looks fucking amazing. It's available for pre order on Control Mod. I saw, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. But I'm I'm definitely keeping an eye on it where would you put it though because i freed up space just for it okay i cool. sold one of my bias really yeah I, I have one now instead of two mm-hmm. uh in preparation for it yeah because yeah. i i like the bia but you know i like the locale too yeah. so this thing looks like a mixture of the two yeah. you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's like if you blended the bia with the locale you yeah. know what i mean yeah i don't know which is just an appealing sentence. I mean, <clears throat> like the, the, mm-hmm. it looks amazing. So yeah, I have enough space for it now. I'm gonna slap it in there right next to the Bacilla Moose. The, the demo vids for it show that it can be uh, free running, which is mm-hmm. awesome. You don't yeah. have to have the envelopes locked, so you can let it drone basically, and mm-hmm. you can you'll have CV functionality that you won't have on the normal Lucellic. Yeah. Like for example, you can CV the algorithm and shit if you're using right. it as like a synth voice so that is my only complaint about that mm-hmm. is yeah. not being able to see that was one of mine too yeah. when i was using it live i was you know manually hitting the switch mm-hmm. but i was like man it would be nice to be well, able the thing to about the manual this. too is because it's a three-state switch going from one to three mm-hmm. you had to go through two right that was the bummer i was like oh like if i could even if it was just like a knot or something in some way for yeah. me to get from one to that three cool 
but I mean that's like some way to scan through those models like on yes. a pot that would have been awesome it's slightly bigger than two BIAs I think side okay. by side if I remember correctly looks awesome I saw there was a few other new stuff from him well so. you were telling me too about their their util- like almost a utility analog VCO oh that Syncatare yeah that's yeah. that's the one I, I had totally missed that like I just never noticed it I figured you'd dig that. That's why I showed it to you. It's yeah. like, like right up your alley. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I got it last minute back in the summer. Like I needed a small VCO oh, okay. that, uh, you know, was a little unusual. And I was hoping for, like I was looking at noise modules too. Like I just wanted something um, that was compact and able to do noise. And I saw that thing had a noise mode on it and quantizer and yeah. act as LFO and whole nine yards. It had the super wave mode. I was like, this thing pretty nice for 4HP, yeah. you know? Kind of pricey for a 4HP module, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's like it's 300 doing bucks. Lot. It's doing a lot, though. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty versatile, pretty compact. I dig it. I will say, too, his shit never has, like, issues that I know of. No, you know it's what I always mean? solid, yeah. Always yeah. solid. It always works. Like, no trickery. Is anybody telling him that we're just gushing endlessly about so. his products? <laughs> like, or needs anyone to demo anything? <laughs> wink, wink. Or, like, wash his car or <laughs> walk his dog. I mean... Not too much other new stuff that caught my eye recently, except aside from that Prokito, except for the the plonk. The uh, plonk. for me it was the what's the variation of the Turing machine? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, see, I haven't even looked at that yet. That's all permutation. You. Permutation. Yeah. That fixed everything about the Turing machine that kind of bugged me. Tell me about I, it. So the big thing is it's basically it's built on the Turing machine, but it has gate outs for everything as opposed to like that pulses where you'd have okay. just a subset and a couple of combinations. This now has every step. So okay, so with every every note on, it's generating a gate. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that my? Is that yeah? Every correct? like clock it gets in, it's gonna shit out a clock at the appropriate jack based on the pattern. Exactly. But now okay. you can tap in any of those instead of just like one three five or right. like something like that. Yeah, the pulses combinations that they had because mm-hmm. there was like one four and seven would give you mm-hmm. like all there was an and yeah uh, like it's cool, but I if you could build those your own with logic that's even cooler <laughs> right well and also write and save toggle is now cvable so you can send that a gate oh yeah to do you the can, right like, write the sequence to the turing machine instead of just like kind of give me something new and then lock it again right interesting and is this by the same people or is this somebody well, it's else by grayscale but okay. it, they got the uh, at least the muffler wiggler thread states that they got like the blessing of whoever made the Turing machine to I hear otherwise this is on the up and up as far as uh, mm-hmm. a legit you know variation on Turing. Yeah, I think it's all open source anyway. So yeah. it's just like following the license and got the dudes okay. Yeah. Is it all DIY again? Or is it I don't know. Pre-made? That's a good question. Because I know Grayskull does have a couple of kits. Mm. But he I think it completes too. He I does remember all of us building those Turings yeah. and all the expanders yeah. at one time. That was yeah. that was a lot of work. Still miss that thing. I, I do too. I, that's, I truly regret selling that thing. It was a lot of work. Uh, but I mean, the, the um, I, I don't think he's even decided how like how big the panel is going to be. Like what what where they're cutting off the functionality. Oh, okay, so it's still like very much a work in progress. Yeah, it's just been announced. Okay, I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. I mean, gotcha. I might be wrong, but uh, at least based on what the interaction in the thread, it was still designed. But how big are we talking? I think the the big one was going. To, I might be wrong, but I think the big one was going to be eighteen. And then the smaller one was going to be like 12 or 14. And then there was going to be like a weird expansion thing that was optional. Hmm. I kind of use the voltage block as a Turing machine in some ways. 
Like mm-hmm. I feel that. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll just pound a random sequence on oh. one of the channels until it's something I like, and then I'll sometimes even like randomize that sequence. You know what I mean? It's good random. You know, you, you can't like send it CV to generate new random, but it is a handy source for randomness when you need it in a pinch. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And if you feed the random into the variegate that's on the same bus, it'll also randomize the voltage block. So if you take like the trigger out from the end on the variegate and put it in the freeze, it, um, or in the random, it randomizes the voltage block settings too, which some people don't like that it volt, uh, randomizes both, but it kind of like trickles down. So there's no way to turn that off? I don't think so. Mm. You can randomize the voltage block by itself, but if you randomize that variegate and it's on that bus, it's going to send that same signal to the voltage block. See, I have mine on the same block now, but I don't... I, I haven't updated to the version for of the voltage uh, block firmware that, like, can recognize, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the variegate yet. And I'm, I'm content with it. I don't really... I don't think I need that bus stuff. I yeah. just patch it manually. So. That's all he fixes. Even with it, I always patch it manually because it's not reliable. It doesn't, um, doesn't always sync all the time. That's still kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any kind of rhyme or reason? Is there any pattern or is it just randomly? If you turn the modular off and on again, and most of the time it will then start to sync. So something is locking up during the startup process or some issue is occurring. But uh, that being said, I almost sold the variegate and I was like I even had it on muff wiggler took it down uh and I'm super super glad I didn't because I'm already using it a bunch and uh it just does what it does yeah you know there are things like mine shifts forward in time when I move the slider when it's playing but uh I think that happens to a bunch of people we'll see if it get, gets fixed but either way it's a uh, kind of a beast right now I mean is that something you are changing while you're playing live or do you have a lot are you just kind of yeah I brought mine out on that mini tour had the presets saved, you know what I mean? But I didn't uh, tweak much on the sliders. I just kind of let it run. Because, yeah, I noticed, like, if you tweak it live, it could cause problems. I would mute things on the fly. That yep. was about it. Same. I didn't really want to mess with it too much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, during yeah. performance. Yeah. Just let it do its thing. Just Once mute I have stuff. It programmed. Yeah. Change patterns. That's yeah. it. some sort of brain eating bacteria oh that's the thing if you don't um you have to use like distilled if you use tap water you mm-hmm. can fuck yourself up with an eddy pot you have to use like distilled water or like tap water that was boiled that you let cool down but if you just take like regular um tap water or something you can definitely like if there are those protozoa or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck in the water you let that shit get in your brain it's similar to the stuff that kills people in swimming pools now when they go in and they oh, get some water in their nose which is like always terrifying but that is one of many reasons why I don't enjoy swimming. Um, Nobcon. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to oh, Nobcon. Yes, I don't know anything about what's going to happen, but <clears throat> I would be, if they had a, like a knife convention that was also right next to the, that would be the shit. If you want to try to play to that market, like I would buy some knives. <laughs> Did I tell you when I went to the anime con <laughs> last year and they had a fucking vape convention on the oh, opposite shit. side of the con, dude. <laughs> This blueberry man. All it's you could good. smell was vape, uh, and they're all staring I, at all these cosplayers like what? And we're all staring at these dudes who are all chasing the fattest rips. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I don't get it. It was so bizarre. Also, it was like a shitload of different vape flavors, all sort of like oh, yeah. blending they, together. They split the convention center. Did it just smell like a swamp. And yeah, the smell just kind of lingered over, <sighs> even though it was like blocked off. 
you can't block that off. It was very, yeah. it was very bizarre. Yeah, you could just smell these different smells, and I kept getting a whiff. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I went up on that tunnel. You know what I mean? The bridge. Like on the second oh, yeah. floor, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can see like both floors. <laughs> on the right floor, I'm just seeing like you know anime con going crazy. And I look on the left, and there's like these circles of people blowing out all these clouds and like demonstrating vaporizers and talking about flavors and shit. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, it's just an odd, uh, odd thing to partner with an anime yeah, con. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think it's a partnership. I think it's just like coincidence. Because yeah, I don't think the yeah. whole con partnered up with the the, the real estate flipper. <laughs> it was just the two things that were right, scheduled right. that weekend. Yeah, but I'm just lobbying for knife show. If you can hear us, Schaumburg, Illinois hotel, whose name I don't remember, get knife show in there. Absolutely, and and vape. I just found a bunch of my throwing stars, and that's probably why I thought about this. Because <laughs> those are so useful. <laughs> Have you? Ha- I don't can think you any nerd household is complete without a fucking sharp throwing option. You, you, you need. You need something to throw that's kind of sharp. Can you throw it? You need your mall swords. Mm-hmm. You need your shrukens. Battle axe. Your blow guns. Battle axe. Crossbows. Battle axe. You know, I almost bought a battle axe <laughs> at the last Ren Fair, but instead I, I uh, bought a cape instead. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty delightful. You've seen it. I've seen your cape. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. Sh- no, it's, it's a nice fucking it's a cape. Nice right? fucking cape. Yeah. I would have got the cape and the battle axe. Nah, I couldn't afford both. That's true. Yeah, sure. I had, had a. It's Renfair prices. Had make a tough choice at the <laughs> Renfair. Did you ever hear the story of uh, id Software when they were making uh, Doom? They had an old oak door in the place that they were renting, and they just had battle axes, and that was just oh. grabbing an axe and throwing it against the, uh, this big oak door, so it was like all fucking chopped up. You can do that at Renfair. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, they have throwing stars and knives, too, at Renfair, but it's like, you're at fucking Renfair. Yeah. If you have the option to throw an axe, I'm going to throw a fucking axe. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, what were we talking about? Knobcon. Knobcon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we should get a booth hey, for uh, axe throwing. <laughs> we could ask people to bring like their junk gear, shit that's broke. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. set that up. Throw your axe at gear. So Got an old electrobe you're sick of? Let throw me a fucking ask you axe a at question. Yeah. We'll <laughs> 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 no, that was good, man. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be cool if there was a room dedicated just for people who are showing off their shit yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, jamming. So that one dude brought that uh, TTSH that he had, like, just built. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, he walked away, and we were like, ooh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> and we just, because they got built-in speakers, too, and they, they got yeah. pretty loud, and we just made an obnoxious fucking noise patch on it. And then we walked away and just let it drone yeah. on until the dude <laughs> came so, back. It cool. sounded great. I was, okay. I was impressed by the sound coming out of that thing. Tiny speakers, big sound. Yeah. <laughs> Those do look cool. Um, they're kind of unobtainium now, but yeah, those kits are fucking sweet. Yeah. He was selling that one, I think. Oh, I, I think he built two of them, and he had one for sale. I guess to cover That's the smart. cost of building the other one type yeah. of thing. But it was like, I think he was selling it for like 32 something like that. Yeah. Probably sells like twice that now. Really? Oh, yeah. That's Yeah, it's nuts. You can get a lot of money for those now. Wow. Especially with, like, we were talking about last week, uh, the vintage stuff kind of going through the ceiling. Like, those ARPs are really expensive now. The TTSH is kind of like, wow, this one might not break for another fucking 15 years. Yeah. I would take that over a regular one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
smaller too. So did they just stop building those boards or something? Like why? I, think, I don't or know. Like I the guess you can build them because they yeah, Thonk still has a rare parts kit for them. That's just mm. like here's all the hard yeah. stuff. You just have to get the PCB, the enclosure, whatever. The enclosure sounds like it would be real. Like that would be that'd be a hell of a project. Yeah, but if you if you have access to like a CNC machine, mm-hmm. it might not be too bad. So wait, what else is on the list? You you made a list. Yeah, what do you? You're excited about it. You're going to get some, some Plonk action, right? Yeah. I'm kind of excited to check Plonk that out. is definitely on my list, yeah. In fact, I sold my elements over it. Which is right next to me. Yeah, I have to box it up and ship it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like elements, but the thought that I could fit two Plonks yeah. in the space of like one elements and probably get the same results I don't know it's definitely appealing to me and I just I have a pretty Intelligel heavy setup already you know I think the plonk is real appealing and especially for live being able to save mm-hmm. your setup you know I mean have different I hate to use the word presets but you know I could have different sounds saved that I could recall live and that's yeah. nice you know what I mean you've, you've looked into this more than I have so I mm-hmm. looked at it and I was like it's a Modeling percussive elements, mm-hmm. but there's no the direct envelope control of like attack and and uh, it, it doesn't look like it has it on the panel or maybe I'm missing something. It has assignable CVs. Uh, oh, so it's not it direct, has, it's not knobs. There's knobs. It's just they're assignable. Kind of like the mods Through, on the rainmaker. Oh, exactly. So, oh, okay, so as you're as you're as you go to that, yep. you, you still have that kind of control. Yep, you can assign different shit. Like there is velocity modeling. in it too. Yeah, which so I think models is like cool. that's cool. Yeah. Okay. And the the elements had one too, like just dependent. Like you had your gate input and your strength input, which mm-hmm. was like a velocity type of control. Oh, depends right. on how you hit the envelopes, oh, right? Yeah. But like whereas the elements has everything spread out real nice for you on the panel, yeah, and yeah. has a knob and attenuator for everything and input. You have to pick and choose. From what I gather, you have a lot of options on the plonk as well. It's just you're gonna have to do a little bit of assigning and menu diving to get there. Okay, which I hate. But, but yeah. can you set it as a preset <laughs> then and then recall that? I mean, is that exactly. how it's going to work? Yes. Okay. That, that is what is appealing to me. Because, like, I can fiddle around on elements forever. And, you know, and I do every time I play with it. And it would be nice to be able to save that type of setup. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and recall it live. Also, it has the random functions, which is interesting. You know, if you mm-hmm. just want a crazy fucking percussion. I don't know if you can adjust what you want the randomness to go oh, towards. Like you can yeah. with the Rainmaker. That would yeah. be nice if you can totally. scale it back a bit instead of just having it like full on rando. But um, just the fact that that's there is nice. Yeah. Richard Devine did a couple videos showing it and, you know, in full Richard Devine, you know, fashion. And it's definitely like interesting to see it being used as like a a glitch percussion generator mm-hmm. you know what i mean instead of just like your standard physical modeling bongos and here's your, ta- like here's your taiko or whatever, yeah. like whatever the yeah. now is that a cylonics thing too or is that nope. separate okay it's that's in, his own not to my knowledge mm-hmm. but maybe he's he did something in the background but as far as i know it's just intelligent mm-hmm. on that aas um, oh right that's who it yeah. is with aas yeah but uh, i will say that the module which should not be named is uh that sound quality on that is fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. like it's really good i was impressed with it. yeah that, that was, like immediately i fucked with the pitch shifter <laughs> and listened to the sound quality and stereo and shit and i was like yeah i was like that's what i was looking for <laughs> right there compared to the echophone for instance it's yeah. like a completely different world but yeah plunk plunk has me excited because uh i don't know every every few months i 
get on this kick where I'm sick of everything that I have to make drums with. You know yeah, what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I always like look for a new drum machine or a new drum module because it's, it's a never-ending search for me. And but uh, the plonk and then the that noise engineering perquito, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, both have my attention. Like that's a nice thing about the 301 because it's like the antithesis of that. It's like yeah. infinitely like. like ultra menu diving um but you can make these quick save states really easy so it's like oh just bring up the last thing i'm working on it asks oh, you cool. like you want me to bring up the last thing you're working on you're like yep and it just kind of i know what that is right now yeah. so i think after i save up a few chains it'll be like oh, i get these instruments and a cool thing he um added the ability to screenshot which is nice it just outputs like a png file into this folder so now people can finally be like oh i did this and it made this bug or uh, here's my chain oh, of stuff cool. and you can just share them that way and be like just do this and it'll make this because that like kind of enables the ability to share things a little more easily because yeah. they're all just like luau luau files like that mac like heavy format for um yeah it's like essentially a programming scripting language oh, okay that all the chains are made in so you can they're really small and you can trade them with people oh that's um, cool but one thing to the point uh i saw it was kind of sad the valhalla um Sean Costello just said he won't do any effects for them. He's kind of like claiming loyalty to the ZDSP, which yeah. I understand. Like, that's completely respectable. Mm. And he's like, I have my head around the FV1 spin processor yeah. now. Like, I know how to make things for that. Like, your format is something else I'd have to learn, like a whole other SDK. And uh, he's I'm pretty stick with them because they've treated me good. And I was like, all right, I respect that. And he was pretty open when he was talking about developing the Halls of Ahala for ZDSP mm -hmm. and talking about like the problems he was overcoming because there's crazy limitations of it. Like, oh, yeah. There's it's like 128 instructions. instructions or there's a lot of instructions, but there's 128 max. But it's a ridiculous number of limitations. It's really interesting that he was able to mm -hmm. pull crazy shit out of it with those limitations. But that wasn't overnight. Especially when you want to uphold like what's a very high quality brand at this yeah, point. Like yeah. his shit, you know, it's the shit. As far as plugins for reverb and all that, like yeah, the I, master. I got all of his cards, mm -hmm. even Shimmer. I never use anything except the Halls of Hala <laughs> and that thing. Like it's so right. weird. That that reminds me actually. Um, Summer Nam. Oh yeah, there was like nothing. It happened. Oh yeah, yeah it happened. <laughs> uh, the only thing that was announced was the um, the Eventide modules and yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I was. 500 millisecond delay. And I was very disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't like an Eventide space module. You know what I mean? Which I would probably buy in a heartbeat. It was an odd offering for their first module to put yeah. out like the delay, which isn't going to excite people, especially when people know like that space pedal, it's amazing. You know, people use it live, make a patched out version like that guy did DIY style and you would sell quite a few of yeah. them, you know? Like, that would be as popular as a ZDSP, I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially if they gave you some ability to switch the algorithm to go from, like, reverb to a pitch shifting or yeah. something like that. Um, so it's probably just they're not familiar with the market as much as that we could, are. That could be the case, too. And they're probably, yeah. like, putting their feet in the water a little, not doing it maybe. In a, I don't know. The natural thing would be for them to do the space for the yeah, H9. Yeah. It's like, here, just, here's this version. But they're probably scared um, of the power requirements. Can we use an amp? No, probably not. You know, you're probably yeah. going to put, like, most people would need a new case or a new power supply to, like, use another amp for something. Right. So right. It might be a little trepidatious of that. So, yeah, what else is on the list, Greg? That was it for gear, and then I was just going to mention uh, 
think that's it. Yeah. I was going to mention the um, soundtracks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about soundtracks for a minute. What soundtracks? See, here's the thing. <laughs> I went and saw Dunkirk two nights ago, right? Oh, okay. And, uh, which the sound was fucking amazing for. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the soundtrack. It was, like, very um, low-key. You know what I mean? Was that also Hans Zimmer? I don't know, but it okay. sounded like it. Because it okay. reminded me of certain parts of the Dark Knight soundtrack. Okay. Like, there was a lot of... You know, strings droning in the background, you know, very subtle, just building suspense and tension. Um, And all the sounds of, like, the guns and the planes and everything was amazing. But before the movie started, there was a Blade Runner 2049 trailer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I've been trying to avoid everything and anything having to do with the new Blade Runner. Um, Because I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to build up hype for myself. You know what I mean? Like I'm just gonna go see it. I don't need to know right. any piece of information about it. Like I'm, I'm already gonna sold. S- yeah. Well, I'm not sold. Oh, I'm gonna go see it. I don't. I'm, I'm gonna see it, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I had like no expectations that I'd enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like fair enough. Fair I enough. Fucking it's love Gauze Blade Runner. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah it's, and it does have Harrison Ford back in it, and uh-huh. like. I think that's a great idea, mm-hmm. it, but like everything that he has done and every role that he has revisited has been kind of weak over the last his Han Solo ten years. Per- his Han Solo return was pretty good. It was okay. It wasn't as bad as his uh, Indiana Jones return. It wasn't that nearly was, as bad as the last, last last one. I don't really want to. Wait, the Crystal Skull? I've seen the Crystal Skull. One. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I felt like his Han Solo was kind of. I liked that. Kind of phoned in also. So when I heard that he was going to be in the new Blade Runner again, I'm like, yes, I want Harrison Ford in Blade Runner. It just wouldn't be Blade Runner without him. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see fucking Harrison Ford phoning it in. Because in my opinion, the original Blade Runner is like one of his best fucking performances of all time, Mm -hmm. aside from Raiders of the Last Ark. That is fucking Harrison Ford. You know, when I think of him, I think those two fucking movies. I don't want to know anything about this. I'm going Mm -hmm. as cold as possible. That's the thing. In the trailer, they kind of touch on that already. I'm sitting there ready to watch Dunkirk, and all of a sudden, I recognized the like the aesthetic immediately. You was know there like, like I was the, like, oh, this looks like this is going to be a fucking Blade Runner trailer, and then it was, and I now, heard is the it, sound. Is it Vangelis? Is it Vangelis doing it again? That's where I was coming to. There is definitely like a redone Vangelis score. Okay. Like throughout the trailer, I'm like, oh shit, this sounds like Vangelis did the soundtrack. You know, and I got pumped, and I came home, and I looked into it. It's actually not Vangelis. It is, uh, and I'm probably going to say this all wrong, uh, Johan Johansson. (gasps) He does, like, ambient stuff. He played at the Rex for people in Pittsburgh who are listening. Yeah, a couple years ago. It was astounding. Like, his music is amazing. It is. I will say that part of the trailer I saw, I was like, oh, the sound, like, it sounds like a fucking CS80 Mm -hmm. going nuts right now. Yeah. I, I, I... would have bet money that it was Vangelis. Hmm. Um, but apparently it's not. It's him. Oh, that's super exciting because I, I like you're right. a fan of his. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why that's I wanted cool. to touch upon it here, even though it's a little off track. But yeah, I was like kind of pumped for it because uh, he does good work. Yeah. And uh, so once I found that out, I did some digging and he said like he has given uh, a lot of props to Vangelis mm-hmm. on the original score and wanted to keep, you know, what he created there like intact would also do his own thing with it. So, like, kind of cool. Like, I guess the two are buddies about it. There's no, like, bad blood or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So it's interesting. I'm very interested to see his take on Blade Runner soundtrack. Recently, a couple movies that I've watched uh, happened to be scored by him, mm-hmm. and they were the soundtracks all stuck in my head. You know what I mean? Like uh, I don't know if you ever seen Sicario. No, no I've, I've heard that was good. He does the soundtrack for it, and it's fucking excellent. I like strings, you know what I mean? Especially when yeah. it comes to cinema. Like, I just feel like it's, you know, it's a yeah, good yeah. instrument that goes well with moving pictures oh, all yeah. the time and helps build tension and shit. And it's like all strings and, like, filthy fucking percussion that, like, swells and builds in oh. on top of it. Like, there's a song on the Scaro soundtrack called The Beast, and I've listened to it like probably a hundred times in the last month since I've seen the movie because it's just it's like I can't get it out of my fucking head, and uh, it's just it's really excellent, really ominous, very ambient, and then like there's this you know like industrial percussion that builds on top of it after a while, and it just fills in real nice, and it kind of reminded me of you know like throbbing gristle and shit like that in some ways. Oh wow! And then I read an article while I was looking into him doing the. Uh, the Blade Runner soundtrack and shit that where he was talking about Sicario and that he was heavily influenced by a classic industrial, namely Throbbing Gristle. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah, that's oh, what I said. Call. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I like this dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, if anyone should be scoring Blade Runner who isn't Vangelis, I think would be him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's a good choice, and I'm curious to see what he does with it. Kind of pumped for it now. But yeah, he did... Uh, Sicario, uh, Prisoners, uh, Arrival. Oh, oh cool. Was which was also good. I liked the, the sound in that one. Also mm-hmm. very tense and just like ambient throughout. You know what yeah. I mean? That movie was the shit, by the way. Yeah, it was good. I, I just watched it recently. Like, like, I was just watching a bunch of movies in the middle of the night, and like a few of them happened to be scored by him. And I was like, okay. Like, and I didn't find that out until like after the fact. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, every time I watch a movie and the soundtrack sticks in my head, yeah, I always try to look it up afterwards. Yeah. And like I did that, and a couple times I was like, "Oh, it's this guy again." I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, cool. I'm not surprised. I'll say to piggyback off that too. Uh, David Lynch been killing it with uh, sound effects work for the new Twin Peaks. Like, Absolutely. Is he doing it himself? Yeah. Oh, apparently, cool. he's doing all of that. He still has Angelo Badalamenti helping with mm-hmm. the the scores and things. But you mm-hmm. can tell all the parts that are like sound designy. Um, Ronier stuff. He's crushing it. Oh yeah. Oh, his, I mean, his eraser head. I was just gonna say, his eraser, eraser head. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. The sounds is what made eraser head, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just the soundtracks. You know what I mean? Like the the background noises, but like just like the the I guess the folly work also. Like, yeah. You can tell yeah. he's the one that makes the sound effects sometimes for things, and it's just always like kind of loud. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he does very interesting distorted sounds all the time. Like yeah. episode eight. Oh yeah, that's yeah. you know what I mean. All the weird distorted sounds and like when the the fucking miners are talking and their voices <laughs> are all like electrified and scrambled, but still like coherent. I'm like, that is a good effect, <laughs> you know. Or like in Blue Velvet when it's starting to zoom into the yeah. the ground, yeah, the gra- and, and the all the bu- fucking worms and, and shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I almost forgot about that part. Rewatching it, I was like. Oh right, this is kind of like he's always carried that thread through. Yeah, that's I, a, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. You know, like the opening perfect. scene of the opening scene of Blue Velvet. Yes, I always forget that that happens. Yeah, with the fu- like dude has like a heart attack or something. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. As and he's gardening his lawn, that lawn that scene is always embedded in my skull. I dude. forget that. It, like <laughs> every time I'm it. always like, holy shit, that's how this fucking movie starts. Mm-hmm. I totally forget that every time. Because I, I I grew up in 
Crafton. You know what I mean? And that opening scene always reminds me of like Crafton and when I'd be like <laughs> all out of my mind wandering the streets of Crafton and there's all these happy fucking families and these old dudes watering their lawn and shit, you know, and like on the surface, you know, everything's the perfect fucking, you know, suburban town and then like yeah. underneath yeah. the dirt. Yeah. You know, where all the fucking bugs are out of sight, out of you mind. Were you were know Crafton's I mean? Frank. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> Candy color clown. Cal- yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there back in my brain trying to remember what those were called. <laughs> wonder if Lynch has a modular. That's a good question. Good question. Yeah. I want to know that. I don't even know what his gear is. I mean, he, there's no famous piece of gear tied to him. Right. If he doesn't, he should have one. Yeah. He, he, would, he would love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. He would love it. He probably just uh, goes to Trent Reznor's studio. <laughs> probably. <laughs> everything there. Trent, I'm looking to make a sound... Reminding me. That reminds me of electricity. <laughs> Trent, can I come to New Orleans and play in your studio? Sweeps bring all the voltages to the ground plane. Oh, <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. Oh. Fuck. That was so many extra syllables. <laughs> <laughs>